And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Hockey Show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Thursday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. It's Haley Salvi and Max Boltman and Sean Gentili here with you. We're going to do a little deep dive episode again this week because the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday boys, they've got all the news locked down. (laughs) The Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday boys. That's what they're called. They don't have a fun name. It's just Ian and Julian, actually. And like whoever actually- vacuuming up headlines. And actually like whoever fills in for Ian. Is Ian the Wednesday host now? What happened to Ian? I actually don't know. Hey, what did you call us last week? Thrones Day? Is that what it was? Worsday. (laughs) Worsday. It's it's Wednesday again, actually. It's Wednesday oh. night. We're recording this because none of us can get our schedules together for the Thursday show. I can. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Pretty sure you were late. For this <laughs> Just kidding. So it's fine. Everything's fine. Um, we're doing a deep dive episode this week again. Um, so again, if something happens Wednesday night, sorry, You're not going to hear about it here. Um, but this episode, we're going to do a deep dive into the Jonas Brothers discography <laughs> uh, because they are headlining the stadium series at MetLife Stadium in February. And I just figured this would be a great opportunity to talk about their five studio albums. Did you see the, uh, the Joe Jonas clip where he like sent, uh, Nathan Fielder a, a drink at a restaurant? And Nathan Fielder sent him back a side of mayonnaise. Yeah. Nathan that's, Fielder. That's my guy. Is so much cooler than Joe Jonas. It's not even close. Do you think Taylor Swift should date Nathan Fielder next? No. Hey. No. No. She should stay with Travis. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Stay away from him. That's what I say to Taylor Swift. Back off, lady. She's happy with Travis. So, okay. So can I ask a question about the Jonas Brothers? Sure. Are they okay? Like, weren't they just playing? I, I know Joe Jonas is getting, or wh- whichever one of them is married yes, to. Sophie Turner has a boyfriend Turner. already. Good for her. Good for him. He looks so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie Turner has had no interactions with Nathan Fielder lately, who won the breakup. Mm-hmm. But, like, weren't they just playing arena shows? Uh, yeah, like, I went they just to, had an I arena tour. Their, I went to their tour, and it was so bad. So. I think I think Buddy's Buddy's going through it. I, I, I can imagine her being. <laughs> it it honestly might have been the worst concert I've been to because my friend and I were very excited to see the Jonas Brothers as like twenty eight year olds, twenty eight year old teenagers, <laughs> yeah. and the audio was horrific. Um, Joe like wasn't even singing; he was just like vibing in the corner of the stage. We we're like, huh. "Is he okay?" And then the divorce. Extremely was announced we're like oh <laughs> so yeah um hope they're better for the stadium series because the jonas brothers show in toronto was not like they just they just played halftime in one of the thanksgiving games max i think they were they in detroit <laughs> were they in detroit like well like this guy's they're, they're like it, they've segued into like no, no was it was jack a white harlow. rapper yeah yeah jack harlow that's Look, right. well they played okay it might have been in dallas then because they've they for sure played um, no, that was Dolly Parton. That, I can say that for certain. <laughs> it was. I. They were definitely on. Maybe they did the night game. There was some kind of per- Thanksgiving. Like this is like that's like where that's where music. That's where like artists go to die at this point. It's like if you were no. if you were in deep oh, enough God, shit, <laughs> deep enough shit to have to play at the Winter Classic or whatever, like. 
Branson, Missouri is not far behind. Like you're in, you're in trouble. And I, I just didn't think the Jonas Brothers Billy were. Billy Joel Armstrong holding up a, a little doll. And going, what, it's totally what, what a like, down and out like, artist do this. Not a lot of, not a lot, not many bigger Green Day fans than me, but like those guys haven't made a vital record in, you know, 20 years at this point. I just want to be clear that I was joking about the Jonas Brothers thing. Like if you've made it to this part of the <laughs> podcast, thank you for being loyal. This is not a Jonas Brothers episode. Yet. Not yet. yet. The, the draft of the Jonas Brothers uh, songs is in the third segment. <laughs> and I get the first overall pick and I'm taking Burning Up. Oh, that's a good one. It is a good one. The so dark, anyways. <laughs> is year 3000? Is that them? Yeah, that is them. Anyways, the actual point of this show is uh, we're going over the top 10 centers in the NHL. The top 10 centers we would want for the rest of the season, top 10 centers playing right now. We're not trying to build. Yeah. We're not, we, we spent way too much time on the Jonas Brothers. I think we've lost everybody. Um, hmm. <laughs> these, are the, so. these are the top 10 centers that we've decided on, the three of us. Um, and it's not looking at who we would want to build around over the next five years. It's not who are the top 10 centers of the future. It's let's just say if there was, we had to pick the top 10 guys we want for the rest of the season. This is our list. Yeah. Do you guys have any qualifiers you want to say first? I just think I that's qualify. an important thing to remember that like, these are the guys who we want for the next 50 or 55 or, you know, whatever, 70 games. If, it, if, if you're thinking about the playoffs, right? Like that's an important thing to remember. And I say this as someone who's like ranked way too much stuff and ranked way too many players over the last uh over the last few years like you got to set the parameters the right way right this isn't like necessarily you're building a franchise or this isn't ne- this isn't the guys who have been the best players you know from october to now like this is just who we want from now until you know maybe some point in june i, I think it's an important thing to set pretty pretty de- pretty definitively there uh, my only qualifier is that I have been yelled at by a lot of Senators fans already mm-hmm. in the last week. And I, uh, what do you do? I do, I do think Tim Stutzel's, I oh, support was a, was a hit thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you, I you do wanna, think Tim Stutzel is a very good player. You want to crack, you want to crack that one back open for the pod, buddy? No, I don't actually. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Yeah. So yeah. we've set the parameters. Because they're important. So here's our top 10 list. Um, and it's not in a totally specific order. I think. No, it like, is. It is. We agree on the way that this is ordered right now. Well, we we didn't agree in the creation of it. This is where we've landed. And we'll talk about the. Yeah, the we shape can maybe it, move right? some people around. But as of right Over now, we've got. Show, yeah. I think we all feel pretty comfortable with the top three, at least. So Connor McDavid is number one. I think we all can agree on that. Uh, Connor McDavid, he plays for the Oilers. You might have seen him facing against Connor Bedard. The next great rivalry in the NHL. That's bait. (laughs) (laughs) The question is bait. Uh, Number two, Nathan McKinnon. Number three, Austin Matthews. And we'll talk about all these players once we get through the list here. Uh, Number four, Uh, what? What? Why'd you why'd you just make that noise? <laughs> Do you have something to say? Are we just are we, we're just revealing all of them right now? <laughs> Let's talk about not, the top tier. Do you Let's not talk listen when I go over the lineup of the show before we start recording the show? Yes. <laughs> Clearly not. So this is the top three. We will start with the top three, as Max just said, and then we can go over the rest. So number one, Connor McDavid. Number two, Nathan McKinnon. Number three, Austin Matthews. I think we all are in agreement of the top three centers in the NHL right now and the top three centers we'd want for the rest of the season. Correct? Any objections? Hey, the Oilers are back. I, I know we're gonna we're gonna talk about them at some other point in this in, in this ranking, of course. But like they're back because he is producing at a, at a completely out of control level already. Right. Like they're 13, 12 and one, they have 27 points. All of a sudden their points percentages 
is above 50 and they've been left for dead three separate times this season. I feel like and that is, that is not a hundred percent because of Connor McDavid in the run that he's been on, but it's like, it's like pretty close. Like we were waiting for, I didn't, I didn't think it would happen two weeks before Christmas. I didn't think he would drag them back into the, into really close to a wild card spot <laughs> by December 13th. And that's here, like, here we are. It's wild. He's pretty good. So Connor McDavid has 25 points in his last 10 games. Decent. So I want to know, would this have changed for you? Like basically what would Connor McDavid have to do to not be number one on a list? If we had checked in on this before those last 10 games, where I think he was actually even a a notch below a point per game at that point. And Nathan McKinnon's obviously been on an absolute uh, tear all season. Would even that have changed? What would, what would I, have to be the case? I think I would have had McKinnon number one with the qualifier that like McDavid is the best player in the world, but McKinnon is playing better right now. Does that make sense? If it, if it we does. did this three weeks ago, because McDavid and but the thing too though is McDavid was clearly he came back from the injury to play in the Winter Classic. It, he clearly wasn't. 100% up to speed, at least the way he was playing. The team is a mess. So sure. I don't know. It's a good question, Max, because I feel like that still wasn't 100% healthy Connor McDavid. But I do wonder I do wonder if I would have said, like, as of today, I would say that McKinnon is playing better. I don't know if I would ever say that anyone was, like, better than McDavid. But we were having this conversation. There were conversations, and maybe it's just because I live in Toronto, but people were being like, ooh, is Austin Matthews closing the gap? <laughs> when he had the 60 goal season right well th- and they're there even with mckinnon when, when the abs won the cup like th- yeah. i think we can all agree there are things about nathan mckinnon we prefer to Connor mcdavid right i think his compete yeah. is is on a different level than most of the NHL. we've obviously seen him his personality win. yeah <laughs> uh i mean you could take that either direction i suppose right uh not that mcdavid's not a competitor but i think when you watch mckinnon there's a level of just kind of aggression that that yeah. i think is a super desirable That's trait a good way to put it um, totally. and I think that even shows up a little bit defensively. And, and so, I, you know, obviously people can have their various opinions on McDavid and the offense defense trade-off there. But I think there are things that you could point to and say you prefer about McKinnon. It's just a question of like, there's absolutely no one else in the NHL who can take over a shift to the degree that Connor McDavid can. Right. Mm-hmm. I think, totally. I, I think I'm at the point now where I would have to see like two seasons worth of someone being substantially tangibly overall better than McDavid for me to even consider the point. And I know like, then that was, now was part of it during Matthews during, during the Matthews MVP season. I, I understand that's a, that was a, it, it was a discussion. I, I, even then though, like personally, I rejected it. I, I, I know, I, I know that there's, there's smart, there's smart people who, who didn't and I, that's fine. But like, I, there's, I do just lap the field, I think to, to an extent at this point, like he's built up enough cred where you got to have a protracted amount of time. Like it, it's like an Ovet, like an Ov- that those couple years where Ovechkin just seemed like he was lost in the wilderness and playing, he's playing right wing and he was with a coach. who didn't know how to use them. And like that, spurred relevant questions over over how good Alexander Ovechkin was going to be for the rest of his career. And it would need to be something like that for me to like consider it all, all that seriously, honestly. I have a kind of interesting consideration for you guys too, and this is maybe a little bit um this is another sidetrack. It's a little bit more relevant than the Jones Brothers one. But I'm on the committee or the panel or the group that votes on the Canadian athlete of the year. And last year I was like really banging the table for Mary Philippe Poulin. And that was a big debate, and she ultimately won. Um, and then this year, it wasn't even really a debate. Like, everyone just kind of, most of the conversation was about um, Shay Gilgis Alexander mm-hmm. for OKC, who, you know, won bronze with Canada at the FIBA. They qualified for the Olympics. He's averaging 30 points a game this season already. Great player in the NBA, da 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 but then there were like a few very specific hockey people who were being like, we are completely underrating what McDavid did last season. And that was the one thing that's interesting to me is like Connor McDavid did everything he did last season, which is have the best offensive statistical year since Lemieux in the nineties. 
off the top of my yeah. head since mm-hmm. Marlon Mew in like what 97. And that still wasn't like technically the best athlete in Canada. And he won, you know, the heart, he won the Ted Lindsay last year. He like literally just won everything except for the Stanley cup. And that mm-hmm. was one thing to me. I was like, should McDavid have won this award? SGA is a great hooper, but McDavid's season last year in the scope of like, and maybe this is more a conversation about like basketball versus hockey, but it seemed like it was almost just underrated what he did last year. Maybe people just forgot because the Oilers had such a bad start. I think we can, we talked about this last week, didn't we? When we're, we're talking about awards ballots or whatever, we, the three of us have talked about yep. this at, at some point recently, but there's some there's a level of fatigue that sets in and it's unfair. We've never won this award before. I, I so it's think, not fatigue. That's a good point. I, I think, I think it's a similar kind of principle though, where it'd be like it's the banality of greatness. It's like right. we, we take this, we, we take it for granted when we see someone who's is with play and production as remarkable as the level that he's attained over the last few years and it's something we we saw from Michael Jordan, and it's something we saw from LeBron James, and it's something that I the example I used last week was Shaq, that dude mm-hmm. won one MVP, which is preposterous. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous, but people, mm-hmm. you know, you you see it up close, and and you see it for that. It, it I think it deadens it deadens voters when it comes to this stuff to, yeah. to some of the actual impact of it, and I think it's like true for true for the award that you're they're talking about. Mm-hmm. I agree, and, and the other thing that Haley said that struck me was he won bronze for Team Canada at the FIBA. Now I don't know how you you weight these things, mm-hmm. but if McDavid had won gold for Team Canada at any kind of best mm-hmm. on best event. Surely that swings the award, right? Like how much is he being disadvantaged by the fact that hockey is not giving its players best on best looks? Totally. A hundred percent, Max. And like, that was a big part of the SGA conversation, which was like what he did for basketball in Canada. And McDavid's been kind of stripped of the opportunity to talk about what he's done for hockey Canada or team Canada. So it's a great point. 153 points last season. Every yeah. time I And see he did team. that for a Canadian team. SGA did not. So that okay. I think would have been one of my rebuttals. He did all that it's, for Oklahoma City. I know. Okay. And then there was uh Find yeah. Oklahoma City on a map. <laughs> Canadian journos. Let's see what happens. I don't even think I could do that. No. Stupid. West Texas? Where is Delaware? What is Delaware? I believe was the was the was the phraseology of that. <laughs> Sean will never let me live this down. I asked him once, "What is Delaware?" But I meant it like, "What's like the deal Light-a-ware? with Del?" I was like, "What's the deal with Delaware?" Is what I meant. But Sean's like, "It's a state." It's a state, you idiot! I was like, "I'm Canadian. I live in Ontario. Like, I don't." At least one famous politician has roots there. <laughs> Come on, man! Come on, man! Interesting. Interesting. Come on, man! Oh, is this? Oh, what was Delaware? Delaware is a state. Delaware is a state, man. Anyways, Connor McDavid firmly, comfortably in the number one spot. Yeah. McKinnon, we already touched on a bit, but he's having an excellent season. I was looking at Dom's player cards, which look beautiful this year, by the way. And I had some, I had some input there, I'd like to say. Okay. <laughs> um, they're sortable. It's by division now, so you don't have to open 32 team <laughs> player cards if you want to find the top 10 centers by Dom's model. You just open up the divisions and then filter by centers, which is great. It looks so much better. And McKinnon actually has the, you know what? That's incorrect. Barkov has the highest net rating so far this season, but Nathan McKinnon has a higher net rating by Dom's model than McDavid right now, which is plus 25. Um, he's having a great season. I think I don't. I'm sure there is a debate for some people in the two, three spot of who's better McKinnon or Matthews, but I feel pretty comfortable saying Nathan McKinnon's the number two. Isn't that debate just limited to Ontario? I don't, I don't, I can't think <laughs> of anybody outside. So I said, I'm sure there are some people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I McKinnon has done so much in this league at this point. And it, Matthew scores the goals. I think he's an underrated defensive player. He's, he's the clear. Absolutely. He three for sure three. is. Are you talking but about McKinnon or Matthews? Matthews. Matthews. Yeah. I think he's oh, an yeah. underrated defensive mm-hmm. player for, for all the shit that the Leafs take on, on that topic in particular. I think when I watch him, he's an incredibly important. He's a big player. reason why that team was a better defensive team than ever last season. Yeah. But I, 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 again, it just up. comes back to like McKinnon. And I know he's on a better team in theory, but mm-hmm. when I watch him, he, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, it's not, I, I, I should, I, I shouldn't say it's not a debate, but to me, it's just not a long debate. Like when you, yeah. when you watch what he's accomplished, what he does, it's not like the guy lacks for offense. I'm sure he's actually outproduced 
Matthews as well uh, to, to this point. So, so Nathan McKinnon leads the league in five on five scoring this season, mm-hmm. uh, 25 points in 28 games, 11 goals, a second behind Michael Carcone. <laughs> <laughs> the legend who was number four on our list. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's a left wing, but that's okay. Well, I, if I, I had think... to pick one left winger for the rest of the season, I'm going with Michael Carcone. What? But yeah, McKinnon, um, McKinnon's five-on-five production has been better than Austin Matthews and his total like points as well. So McKinnon's sixth in the league right now, 39 points in 28 games. Obviously, Austin Matthews leads the league in goals right now. Him and Besser are tied with 21. Matthews uh, became the first player on Tuesday night to hit 20 goals this year. And he's on quite a heater right now, Matthews is, and he's on pace for 66 goals, which would pass his... Leafs record of 60 from a few years ago when he won the Hart Trophy. And there's a very short list of guys who have scored 60 goals twice. So I just think when we're talking about, like, I think Matthews is comfortably in the place of being the most naturally gifted goal scorer in the league right now. His release is unbelievable and he's got a great shot. It's very quick. It's accurate, et cetera. We can talk about that. And people have been talking about that for years is how he gets a shot off. But I think if you had to pick like one player for the whole package and the whole resume, I feel like we're all in agreement that we're going to go with McKinnon for it's the playoff success. Yes. That's probably what we're talking about the rest of he's, the season. Yes. He's done it. He, he's, he's been through those wars. I, I thought I've thought Matthews has been pretty good the last two playoffs, but McKinnon yeah. mm-hmm. in the playoffs is another level. And I can't, I, yeah. to me, I can't overlook him. Yeah. I, I, a big thing for me with, with McKinnon too, especially this season, we saw we, this is nothing new. I guess we, it didn't work out for him last year. The Avs again are asking a ton of their superstars, right? It's McKinnon, it's Makar, it's Miko Rantanen. It's like they're getting in there getting production from Valerie Natushkin, basically. Other than that, that is a team that. Uh, tried to remake its middle six in a lot of, in a lot of respects. It, it hasn't taken guys like Ross Colton and Jonathan drew in like they're okay. Right. They're not, they're not, they're not doing anything, you know, particularly impressive. So you look at what they mean to their teams and, and what they're asked night after night. And that's not, it's not to discount, you know, what the Leafs need from Matthews either. But I think that McKinnon, that's another differentiation point for him, right? They have, three productive forwards basically the the abs yeah. the abs do and they they need all of those points from from him whether it's five on five or or otherwise so yeah that's why that's why he's he's my guy too but he's always up to the task too right mm-hmm. like you need him to be the guy and he is mm-hmm. so nathan mckinnon number two austin matthews number three do you guys have anything else you want to say about matthews i said he's on on pace to score 66 goals this season i just found the uh the numbers here, Jonas had a story. It's funny that how Austin Matthews is quietly going towards another historic season. And I always think it's funny. Like, it, I don't think it's been quiet because everyone's talking about Austin Matthews. Is it quiet? Nothing's quiet when it's the Leafs. Um, but Literally, his, no, nothing. <laughs> no. Oh, I just lost it. Oh, he's 66 goals is his pace right now, which would be the highest single mark uh, since Marlon Mew scored 69 goals in 70 games, which is wild in uh, the 1995-96 season. Um, It would be Matthew's second 60-goal season uh, in just eight years. Only Gretzky, Mike Bossy, Lemieux, Phil Esposito, Brett Hall, Yari Curry, Pavel Bure, and Steve Eiserman have scored 60 goals twice. Yeah, it is funny. If he keeps it up, maybe he'll get a little bit of attention, you know? So McDavid obviously like completely wrecks this analogy, but were it not for McDavid, McKinnon Matthews would have real striking contours to to a Crosby Ovechkin debate, mm-hmm. would it not? I completely agree. Like there's, you're looking at the guy who's one, you're looking at the guy yeah. who's viewed as, you know, this super complete ultimate competitor guy versus one of the greatest goal scorers you've ever seen. They're both number one picks. Mm-hmm. They're not the consecutive year thing, but there's yeah. a player from a player from Nova Scotia. Right. Huge. And then a player from a country that's continually disrespected by the Canadian elite in this sport. This number two. It's it's true. The the parallels are strike. 
All right. And for ne- next, we bring in Don Cherry for more. <laughs> <on that. laughs> Start banging the table. Disrespect. Uh, okay, uh, let's to the next tier. Yeah, let's take a break and we'll go to the next tier of players in our top 10 list. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, welcome back. We're going to go through the next tier, uh, and it's four players this time. And this was, uh, I think, there was a ton of debate at the bottom because obviously getting down to... 10 centers is tough. And I think there was maybe some debate that we had in the 10 spot, but we'll get to that in the third segment. But this kind of middle four, I think um, there could be a lot of movement between the four of them, which is why we've kind of grouped them together as a tier. But as of right now, we have number four, Alexander Barkov, number five, Jack Hughes, number six, Sidney Crosby, number seven, Leon Dreisaitl. Um, Do you guys want to start with the debate? Let's let's start with the debate between Barkov and Hughes. Yeah. Unless um, somebody wants to say that Crosby or Dreisaitl should be in the four or five spot. Well, I, I, I would knows, just like to God say knows that I'd like, like to I'd like to make the. Do it. Do you no, want to make I, the Dreisaitl no, or no, no. Crosby should be higher? So I think I think Max and I had Barkov and Hughes in different slots. Mm-hmm. Um, we had this conversation I think last week too. I was kind of bullish on putting the Devils in the must-watch TV tier because I think Jack Hughes is. Um, outside of Connor McDavid, the most exciting player to watch in the NHL this season. Um, we should say like when he's healthy, but obviously when he was hurt, he just wasn't in the lineup. Uh, so I was a bit more bullish on having Hughes at number four. Um, but I think it's a fair, it's, it's fair to put Barkov there because he has a bit more, he is the more complete package, I guess we could say. Max, why did you think that? Barkov is ahead of Jack Hughes. I think it, for me, I agree with you that Hughes is in, in terms of just sheer excitement and, and even just overall offense. It's not just flash. There's so much substance to Jack Hughes' game. Totally. I think he's he's going to climb this list in the coming years. It's just like we just watched Barkov take a run to the Stanley Cup Finals, and he's somehow been better this mm-hmm. year. Like he's come back, and he's the you know Bergeron vacates this Selkie throne, and mm-hmm. Barkov's like not going to let it sit vacant at all. He's going to seize it immediately. Um, and, and seems presumptive already at it in mid December that like, I don't know how anyone else can take this from him. Yeah. And when you have the level of offense that he is still bringing in addition to that, right? Like it's Barkov is uh, Jack Hughes has a uh, 33 points in 21 games. It's a crazy rate. Mm-hmm. Barkov has 28 and 25, but he's also the best defensive forward in the NHL right now. Mm-hmm. And you have the playoff success and the durability. And it's just, it just nudges it for me. Yep. He's top 30 in the league in points per 60. Uh, in all in all situations, Barkov is like period. And that's when you're mixing in randos too. Like the my God bless Michael Carcone, but he hasn't play, hasn't played all that much, right? Like so, you know. Yes, Jack's top ten there in the in the offensive production is overwhelming Thanks. with with him mm-hmm. at times. But oh man, this I it's crazy that this, I don't, I don't want to say that this is like a bounce back season for Sasha Barkov, right? Cause it's, it's not like he's always in this neighborhood when it comes to production and all that, but kind of feels that way. Honestly, like there were moments last season where you're like, and where it gets lost in the shuffle a little bit, maybe cause Matthew Kachuk's there. I think that's another, another big reason to be really, uh, really amped on on what Barkov's done this year because Kachuk has, you know, the goal scoring hasn't been there. Other stuff has, but he can't can't buy a goal on and on. So they do need that extra level of uh, 
of production, I think, I think from Barkov. So man, it, it is, it is tough. I, I hate voting against Jack Hughes for anything like this, <laughs> honestly. Right. But I'm going to side with Max. Like I will concede to Max. I should oh, say. Wow. Wow. What? That's he. He swung you. He swung you over. No, I said I will concede to Matt. I still like I, because of the defensive side of the game. Like I will concede, as I said, like because the whole package is there. But if I had to pick based on skill, then I'm going. Here's what with Jack Hughes. Here, I and you can't but give. I will say, uh, like, if we had to pick, like, who we want for the rest of the season and into the playoffs. Then yeah, we you kind of get give Barkov the edge because out of those two guys, only one of them made it to the Cup final in the last. I don't. Slash I, ever. I'm I I think I give I give Barkov I think a little bit less credit than maybe you'd think for for what the Panthers did last year because the dude was eating toughs absolutely God bless him like he's playing he's playing against first lines uh, night in night out. The production wasn't there like he yeah. he he was not. The, the the point of production dipped significantly and that it's is it unfair is it unrealistic maybe but like if you're at this level if you're if we're patrice bergeron you know sydney crosby a guy like guys like that the point production comes too and he, he i he i would have 16 points i would have like he had two I don't feel like there was any series that that guy asserted his will in. I don't. It was the I, Kachuk. I felt like, that was I felt that's because like everyone Kachuk. was talking about Matthew Kachuk. Everyone was talking about Matthew Kachuk because Matthew Kachuk was was hands down the most impactful player on that team, series after series. Like I, I think I we look. We've seen this from successful teams, from consistently successful teams that have a deep well of high end forwards, and I and I, this always comes back to the Pittsburgh Penguins for me. But whatever. Tough Nuggets. That's the way it goes. That's a team that I've watched and covered for for a long time. You need to have a few different. You need to have, but when the when the Penguins were at the be, at their best, you knew that there'd be Crosby series and that there'd be Malkin series. And in two thousand nine, there was a Jordan Stahl series where the where those guys can pass the baton back and forth and rely on each other to carry the offensive point production load at a time when maybe and, and give, give the other guys a rest. That's something successful teams do. We saw from the wings year after year on and on and on and on. And I think that that is part of what the Panthers were missing last year was for that guy. Who's an elite, no brainer top 10, you know, across the board, one C air to Patrice Bergeron, blah, blah, blah. All these things. Very true. But, I want to see that dude have twelve points in a six-game series. I do. Like I, that's 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 Kachuk something I want. Didn't from him even do that. Forward. I don't know. I think you're being a little bit harsh on. Well, on so here's we're saying we're saying he's the we're saying he's the fourth best center in the league. Right, that's what, but that's so what how, those can guys do. Say, how can you say how can you say all that? Well, how can you say all that and think he's the fourth best? And why are we not putting Hughes at four? There's more. There's more. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not discounting everything else that he's done because he hasn't done it. I'm just, I, I'm just saying that that's like, to me, that's like the dividing line between him and who though, Jack Hughes, who has not I been think, to the I think final? that's, I think that's the thing that makes him, that would make him number four with a bullet. I don't know. I think just because he's not someone who's in the spotlight as much as Matthew Kachuk doesn't mean that he's not as valuable to that Panthers team. Max, what so do you I, think? Here, here's, here's, maybe a wrinkle into this, right? So one of the thoughts I had when I was deciding to argue for Barkov at four above Hughes was if I'm putting Barkov there, why am I not putting Crosby there? And if at that point, especially to Sean's point, I'm going and looking at what Sidney Crosby did in last year's playoffs, 10 points in six games, right? Like you could, you could make a case here that if well, like, Crosby and Barkov shouldn't be separated and that maybe even Crosby should be four, well, I'm not Crosby, ready to make so, that case right now. So but. are Crosby and Drysaddle too low? That's the question. I, mm-hmm. I mean, my these rankings, like I, this, I think. I, but I think that's why we put these. This is the tier of four, right? Because I think yeah. they're also interchangeable. Does Does yeah. anybody think that Crosby should be in the four or five spot? I could be convinced. 
Well, I, I, I like them the way they are, but I'm just saying like, these are, these were the things that I had internally going on at the beginning when you asked about like, you know, reservations or, or kind of qualifiers or like Leon Dreisaitl, he was seven for us. I routinely talk about him as one of the 10 best players in the league. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't, I think you can think be a top, top 10 player the in the league are. at yeah. seven, right? Like yeah. centers tend yeah. to be the best, but like you could make an argument to me that if, if I'm going to talk about him that way, I better have the guts to rank him four or five among centers too, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's just to me when I've watched Barkov this year and, and to see, I think part of it is the playoff factor. We're talking about the rest of the season. You, you know how far this guy's gone on the playoffs, but you can make those points for Crosby and even to an extent dry at this point too. Dry really was outstanding last year in the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah. Right. So it is really hard to parse and, if anything, kind of what I'm wondering is, do I want to drop Jack, which seems insane with how good Jack is and might just be a top three guy on my heart ballot by the end of the season. I don't know. It's crazy. Sidney Crosby is a major component of a power play that is that may well keep his team. I can't, I can't talk about the Penguins power play again today. We're not going. I'm not. That's it. That's that's all I want to say about it. But like he deserves some of the blame like I and yep. whatever like. Five on five, he's a sublime player still, right? Like the the production is is awesome, but he wears some of like we we sit here we we dunk on this power play every week because we should. It's funny they suck. It's it, it's it and it's and it's historic and and you know entertaining to to rip on, but like he's part of it. So like that's that's the sort of thing where you're like. Also, like Crosby's also um, fifth in the league in five on five points right now and second when we're looking at natural center. So I guess Sam Reinhart is listed as a center. We know he can play up the middle, but he's been playing on the right wing with Barkov lately and Reinhart's numbers are excellent. Um, But I don't think we wouldn't have Sam Reinhart in our top 10 right now anyways. So I've kind of disqualified him from that list. So only McKinnon has more five and five points than Sidney Crosby. So I do think that like we could have some shuffling here in the four, five, six, seven slot. I like him how we have my my (laughs) point is just hard. Yeah, I know. This is this is is where it gets hard for me. This tier. I agree with you, Max. I inherently have a hard time having Drysaddle as the seventh best center when like I have moments of being like I feel like. Dry settle might be the second best player yeah. in the world. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like I ha- I mean last year in the playoffs I felt like this guy's a freaking machine. Like why don't yeah. we talk about him enough? It's I think he's like the only guy in this group that we still have that thought about. Why don't of, of what? That why don't we talk about this guy now? Is this guy the second best player in the world? Oh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I've never I mean, I've never thought it, that about Alexander Barkov. I don't think it about Sidney Crosby. So underrated. Anymore. I don't think about Sidney Crosby anymore, and like I Not there yet. haven't quite there gotten there yet with Jack. Yeah, but, even but though we right, were like, talking about how he was like the Hart Trophy frontrunner before he got injured. You think about it; there are not infrequent debates. Correct me if I'm wrong. In Canada, Haley, between who's better, Drysaddle or Matthews? Not infrequently, right? I feel like I see that pop up. Uh, Is that fair, or am I crazy? I don't know. I, I might not be paying attention. Sean, am I crazy here? Have you seen these, or am I? Am I? These he doesn't live in dreams? Canada. I no, I know, but he's I exposed to hockey. Media. I don't know. I think that's been one of those things that's. I feel like he's at points in the last three years. He's been of a type with Matthews and McKinnon, and I feel like for whatever reason, where it's like maybe he, where it's like he's in one A, right? Where it's like McDavid by himself, but then. At some point, I feel like that we've sh- we've shifted and taken him out of the Matthews and the McKinnon Matthews and McKinnon group, and like I think I, we should move Drysaddle up Where? over who? Do we flip him and Hughes, or move Crosby to seven, Hughes to six, Drysaddle to five? This is a pro Jack Hughes space. I enjoy watching him play hockey. So we keep it. If he, stays, if, he stay, if he stays healthy, that dude is going to score at a 110 point. Don't convince for, me. For I had him at four. Players. You guys are confusing me. You know what? It's I'm fine. not saying I'm not. I'm not saying that I that, that I want to raise dry side. I'm just saying I think it's interesting that the number seven guy in this tier is the is is the dude who's still at times 
But which is why I'm saying we should probably raise. But he's also the oh, only I mean, two C on this list. We're asking the question: Who it, it, would Florida trade Barkov for Drysaddle for this season? Like if they're both pending free agents? Oh man, I don't think they can. Ooh. I don't think they could. Would you trade Alexander Barkov for? I I actually want to hear from people with this. Yeah, this. hit us in should, the comments section. A, comments, Twitter, whatever. If you're Florida, do you trade Barkov for Drysaddle? Rest of season, both pending free agents. And this yeah. is the scenario. All and the cap space is not a thing. Full, Don't whatever. talk about the cap. This is no. you, Edmonton might because Edmonton, well, I guess now they're they're hot, but like they needed a shakeup, right? Like you could have convinced me that. And that Chris, to me. Chris Knobloch's the best, the best coach that's ever walked, walked yeah. God's green earth. Clearly that's what's changed. Does New Jersey trade Jack for dry cycle? No. no. Rest of season, both free agents. No. Not, not, not including the youth factor. Hey, this was good. Good job, Max. Okay. I think we like our four tiers then, our okay. second tier. Yeah. Yeah. Does anyone I'm, have anything to say I'm about either of these four yeah. people? I feel like the debate covered it. <laughs> we like them all a lot. Yeah, we love we love them all. These so are, great. Yeah. This is awesome. It's uh, you know what? Here's what I'll, I'll say about Crosby, especially moving forward for for the rest of the season. That dude has done so much heavy lifting over the last couple years for them that like they should be worried about him hitting a wall. Because he's old. Why when, are you putting this kind of energy into the universe? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Al, Al, Alex Ovechkin may have may have hit the skids here. It happens. Guys get old. Stop quick. it. Just saying. But you're only talking about no. The Pittsburgh Penguins will have only them only themselves to blame. And here we all thought that they grabbed <laughs> the perfect secondary pieces to make that team great again for one year and if it if the power play doesn't work it all blows up i don't want to talk about the penguins power play anymore <laughs> let's go to break and we have three more centers to talk about and i think this will be an interesting debate as well because obviously we left a ton of people off the board we'll be right back As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.
Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. All right, so we have three players left in our top 10 list. And we're going to tease the final player a little bit. So let's go 8-9 here. Uh, number 8, I think quite comfortably, we have Elias Pettersson. And then number 9, we have Jack Eichel. Thoughts? Yeah. These, <laughs> these two are both. Yeah, have some thoughts. Well, we talked about the playoff track records, of a lot of these guys and Jack Eichel for a long time was a guy who maybe gets left off this list mm-hmm. partly as a result of that. Um, he's now won a Stanley cup as number one center. He honestly, I don't know how much of this is a product of Vegas and the overall defensive environment there, but the underlying numbers for him defensively, pretty interesting mm-hmm. to me. I felt like grouping these two together was only fair. Um, I, I did lean Pedersen, mm-hmm. but I think you could make a case here for Jack Eichel. It's just the offense from Elias Pettersson this year. And this is true of a few Vancouver players, um, again, which points to environment questions, is overwhelming. And I think he's reaching this point where I think he's just undeniable. These guys, to me, were both, I couldn't imagine this list without either of them. Mm -hmm. Pettersson in the first month of the season was part candidate, let's say. Yep. Like gonna pop up on some ballots. I think he's dipped a bit over the last, you know, month or so, let's say. It's the the even strength point production like hasn't really been there. Like for it, it, when you're talking about an MVP candidate. Like that's not to say that's been terrible, but I think he needs to get back on track. Uh from 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 a point production standpoint, as you know, the shooting percentage is nor- is normalized as the on ice shooting percentage has normalized. The production's tailed off a bit too, but that's okay. He's still still been unbelievable in uh, power play points count too, which is something I feel like we could all probably, uh, you know, could we all need to be reminded of that at times because we all we love yep. we love five on five stats because that's where the majority of the games played, but you know. Power play production matters too, so credit, credit to Pedersen there. I think he's been unbelievable, so I'm I'm comfortable with him there. But like, you know, I I think if in the first, I'll say this: in the first month of the season, that dude looked a tier above where we have him right now, right? Like he was he was unbelievable, and I think I think he's declined just a bit over the last little bit to where he's at eight instead of you know five or whatever. Well, there were uh, things that we just everyone kind of assumed we're going to regress for the Canucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, after and they, they have. have a hot start to the season, but mm-hmm. we had the com- we've had this conversation on the show multiple yep. times. I don't think anybody has suggested that they're going to regress to the point of missing the playoffs or being bad. And that's the same thing with Elias Pettersson. It just went from being the fifth best center in the league to the eighth. And this is still elite company. You know, he's in a tier with Eichel who won the Stanley cup last year. Um, these are all elite centers, yeah, obviously. It's like, only time. It- I mean, we should say, um, you know, I, I pulled this up on Evolving Hockey. Pedersen and Eichel both have the same amount of five-on-five points a season, mm-hmm. uh, which is 17. And Pedersen has two more five-on-five goals, which is 10. Eichel has eight. So I think having them in the same tier makes a lot of sense. Um, Dom's player cards are are pretty interesting when you compare these two together. He has Pedersen just above Eichel when you put them in a ranking. And he has McDavid, Dreisaitl, Pedersen, Eichel as the top four centers in the Pacific Division. I don't think there's any debate there. Um, Pedersen is a little bit above Eichel in terms of offensive rating, in terms of offensive actual production and play driving. Um, but he's a little bit worse than Eichel in the defensive rating. So Pedersen's a plus 17 offense, minus two defense, and Eichel is a plus 14 offense, plus one defense. Um, so that kind of puts them into the same net rating ground. So mm-hmm. I think, and I, I, think I do okay wonder how much Vegas is responsible for that, right? Like the, the, the team defensive rating? Defensively yeah. is so much better. And I think that that as much as we try and isolate, I do think 
models still probably don't capture the full extent that being on like a good defensive team or even just a great mm-hmm. team is going to mm-hmm. boost all these numbers. Yeah, totally. Okay. Do we want to get to number 10? I'm ready. Okay. Let's go. So this was, I guess, a bit of a debate. Number 10 is, it's Braden Point. Is it? Can you hear the screams <laughs> from Ottawa? So I won't name names, but there was a debate between Tim Stutzla at 10 and Braden Point at 10. Mm-hmm. At the moment, we've landed on Braden Point at 10. And I feel like it's going to stay there. Stutzla just missed the cut. We can get to some of the other ones who didn't miss the cut, but this is the 10-11 kind of right now. Max Boltman, why is Braden Point the 10th best center in the National Hockey League? And why do you hate the Ottawa Senators? <laughs> I, I, I adore Tim Stutzland. I think if, if this is like an overall, if this had been like an overall forward looking, who are you building around for the next however long Tim Stutzla is going to be there? If we do this list in two years, I think Tim Stutzla is going to be there. To me right now, there's a, there's a level of provenness with Braden, Braden Point. Obviously, playoff-wise, it's a huge factor of this. I've brought it up a few times. I also think the guy scored 50 goals last year. And it was <laughs> the quietest 50-goal season. I that was remember. like a quiet fit. Like Austin yes. Matthews is quietly putting together a 60-goal season. No, no. Braden Point scored 50, and people were like, oh. Right. 100%. And and so to me, I just can't take Braden Point out of this yet. As good as I think Tim Sotza already is, as great as I think he's going to be. He, he might be a hundred point player as soon as this year, mm-hmm. but and what, what fascinated me as we were going through this debate and Sean, I want your input on this is like my, every impulse I have says that Braden points a better defensive player than Tim Stutzel. And that's part and parcel to what I talked about with the playoffs and why I think rest of season, I'm giving this to Braden point. You pointed out that the underlying numbers here maybe tell a different story there. And I want to know how much, you're buying that. How much should other people buy that? Is Tim Stutzla like, I don't, I don't actually you remember where you fell on Stutzla versus point going into this rating. I'm still, I, I, you mentioned the, the world's quietest 50 goal season in 22, three for, for point. And I think that's tr- like, that looms so large for me. Now, not just not just because he was great last year, because Tim Stutzel was great too. Like it's yep. not a matter. Like we're not going to sit here and talk about who was better last season. So last season was a reminder of how great Braden Point can be, just overall, because he was hurt the year before. He was dealing with something, and that's an important reminder when we're thinking about these guys. Just generally, is that players get hurt, and sometimes when guys see down ticks in production it's because they're dealing with something throughout throughout the course of a season and i think that gets lost in the shuffle sometimes and it certainly was with Braden point because some of the there was like you know a part of the dialogue i think with him headed into last year was like well okay we're like where, where are we on him like has is he is he maybe not on the downswing but where does he fit in the hierarchy of you know, on lists like this or within, within the lightning system or, or, or whatever and comes out and lays waste to all that sort of stuff. The dude is just yeah. unbelievable beginning to end. So we know that the high end is still there. The playoff production is undeniable. It's, uh, he's a, a prime, a prime postseason player of this generation. Braden point is. And to me, that's like, that's the overriding factor is if I, is if I want the, a, one of these dudes, one of these two guys on my team for the rest of 23, 24, it's him. It's been, and it's because of, again, high end production last year combined with playoff resume. Like I'll take that. God bless Tim Stutzler. Would I take Tim Stutzler for the next seven years rather than the next seven months? Yes, but it's not what we're doing. I mean, we can also just look at the like, basic production too. Tim Stutzla has 26 points in 23 games. He only has six goals this season. He had a slow start to the season. He had three goals in the first five weeks, little over six weeks of the year. Braden Point, and, and we should, Tim Stutzla's on pace for a worse, and I'm sure he'll heat up, um, but he's on pace for 21 goals and 72 points this season. Like Braden points already. Braden Point and Austin Matthews have the same amount of points this season. Thirty-two. 
So like we don't have to sure. galaxy brain it this That's much. Braden Point is scoring more than Tim Stitzler this season. And I do think some of the underlyings, um, as you mentioned, Max, um, Tim Stitzler's defensive net rating on Dom's model is zero right now, and Braden Point's is negative five. But That's as true. to your point, to this your point, me. to your point, Max, is I think if we didn't look at that, if we didn't look at the model, we didn't look at you know, underlying numbers. And we just looked at Braden Point and Tim Stitzel, which center are we taking for like a D zone face off mm-hmm. based on their history? Who do we want in the defensive zone? And with a minute left in the game, is it Braden Point or Tim Stutzla? Net rating to hell. It's, it's Braden Point. I, for me, it's Point. Yeah. I, and also I, a lot of that, and I, you know, this, you could say this about both players, I suppose, but the lightning as a team I don't, I'm not saying stick a fork yeah. in them or anything, but that yeah. that is a poor defensive team right now across the board. Like, how much does that count? How like what does that do to to, to points? You know, individual yeah. de- defensive match. Like, sure. You know, that's it's a chicken or the egg scenario, right? Are they ba- are they bad defensively because part and parcel? You know, partially because of Braden Point. Like, what what's 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 the cause and, and what's the correlation? But, you know, we got to consider that like that's that's a team that's in some degree of. um, It's the environment conversation we've mm -hmm. been having with some of these players, too. Right. And obviously the environment with the Sens, the vibes have not been great. So I think with Tampa, it starts a lot of the starts with 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 the demon like Hedman Mm -hmm. and Sergachev particularly have been have been atrocious. And I think that there's a little bit of a waterfall effect there that maybe there isn't there isn't for Stutzla. Totally. So I feel like we agree that it's Braden Point with the caveat that nobody hates Tim Stutzla. We think he's great and he's going to be on this list, if not now, soon. Very soon. Very soon. <laughs> when? Soon. Um, I went back and pulled up um, because I'd accidentally closed. I had the stats from the first month of the season um, because Elias Patterson was so good. So from the start of the year to like November 15th. So that's about five mm-hmm. weeks into the season, give or take uh, 26 points in 16 games for Elias Patterson. Sick. Uh, he was unreal and still like getting benched by Rick Tockett for like turning the puck over and stuff like hat trick, hat trick goal, coughs, puck up, coughs the puck up. Like you're sitting down for a few minutes. Uh, so, you know his- what? His lack, you know of, his his downtick in production has been noticed by my fantasy output. Ah, I'll just I'll, I'll, I'll say that much. I'm playing Myrtle Oof. this week, and it's really annoying. Just because it's Myrtle, just in general. Mm-hmm. You said Who's it. he have? Does Nothing. he have? He has one of the Matthews. He has like every he's Leaf player. Leafs. He even drafted Rasmus Sandin. He's got Leafs. He's got X Leafs. He drafted Ilya Samsonov. Uh, yeah, but he's got Matthews and Nylander. Nylander, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he drafted Mikhaev. <laughs> you know what um, my takeaway from especially the back half of this list was is there's so many guys who, when I'm just kind of talking about players, I'll just think of the comfortable top 15 center. There is just is no such thing outside of basically these names because I, I look at the names that we don't have here. Anze Kopitar didn't make yes. this list. That's yeah. crazy. And but and yet I stand by it, right? Tim Stutzla, totally. obviously, uh Rope Hens, you know, Dylan Larkin and Sebastian Aho are guys that I yeah. often think of as like, yeah, top fifteen centers. Like, I mean, it, it, at this point, we're talking about it them as hard, literally though. around 14, 15, if there's not some I mean Rope Hens might be above. The right? next the next five would be a, a difficult debate, I think, Max. Yeah. Uh, and I think and, and I think after that, honestly going back to the tears conversations that we've had over the years that's that's where it really gets flunked page where yeah, do you we don't, have miller. Thompson. we don't have anybody on the new york Selkie, rangers Selkie candidate jt miller jt miller only kucherov has more points than jt miller Sick. in the nhl right now <laughs> i say zibanejad even like the we don't have anyone on- no yeah. trocheck no zibanejad nobody from the rangers <laughs> like Is no erickson again yeah, Evgeny Malkin is Mister Ninety Nine, Mister Eleven. Finally, he's he's, he's misses a, out. He misses out on a list that he doesn't actually deserve to be on. He's not he's not a top ten center anymore. No, no okay. John Tavares, but I don't think he's a top ten center in the NHL right now. He does have more points and goals than Tim Stutzler right now. 
yeah, no, Rupe Hints, no, Bo Horvat. I can't say that man's name. Uh, no, Barzell. Boho. Bo Horvat. No, Mark Shifley. No, Robert Thomas. Yeah. And, and no, these are all, these are Connor Bedard. Bedard. And no, Connor Bedard. <laughs> I'm that's, sorry. That's, that's the fun one. Uh, Where is he Maybe today? play a few more games. 25, 20 to 25. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. But getting that list of players, how many people did we just name there? Because yeah, I had this on our lineup 10 list. 10 to 12. Like... Oh, God. I can't count fast, guys. We would need to dwindle that down to the next five, and I think that'd be hard. It'd be, that'd be a whole other episode. Let's do this again next week. The cutoff is always hard. Like, like it's good because I got more to say about the Jonas Brothers. I, you know I what? I'm, I think I'm tapped out on them. We talked far too long about them. I don't think anybody. This was a good episode. I don't think anybody listened to it because they were like, "Oh my god, this is too I much." I don't get that chart anymore in my metrics, but it used to be like you could see where the listenership dropped off. <laughs> it would be very funny <laughs> to shit on this episode and just it's at two minutes since we lose half the audience. Whatever like, what is going on, dear listeners. Whatever amount of Jonas Brothers stuff you heard at the top of the show, it was less than what we talked about originally because some of it has probably been probably probably been cut. Probably for the best. Tack on another five minutes or so. I think we did good work here today, guys. Yeah, I feel I feel comfortable and confident and safe with our list. And yeah, all those players we just named on the who missed the cut list. We had 19 more players. It's never easy. So we, we could make this, we could make this list 50 and we'd still have arguments over, over 50 through 59. Yeah. Chandler Stevenson. <laughs> that wasn't good enough. No. Chandler, Ste- was, Chandler no. Stevenson. I drafted him in fantasy and I dropped him swiftly. Oh, that, yeah. dude, that dude is, has been one of the most, underrated underpaid players in the league for years. And he is picking a terrible time to go cold because he is in his walk year and he has not produced. Yeah. I dropped him for Cole Perfetti and then I beat max. I think that's how I beat max in fantasy by like half a point by sweet boy, Cole Perfetti. Love to see it. Yeah. Did you change your team name yet? Is it Haley's sweet boys? I should my sweet kings. Sweet kings. Really Haley's sweet kings. No, my team name is still just like what Yahoo Sports spits out. So it's just Haley's, Haley's terrific team. team. I'm I'm gonna lose to Shayna this week. I'm projected okay. to win, but I already know that it's Shayna. I'm gonna lose. Yeah, I beat it, Dom. By the so way, I'm retired. I do want everyone out there to know how terrible it is to play in a fantasy league with. Dom and Shayna, who are like actually like it's not fair. hockey writers here, I mean, but it's a different level. To no, this. it's not fair. It's not yeah. fair. How are they? How do they know how to pick up obscure random man? Shayna, Shayna traded me. Shayna and I made a trade this year, and I traded her someone. And then the player that she traded me had like no points for like three weeks, so I dropped him, and she picked him up, and now he's good again. It's just, I mean, that's probably <laughs> on me, but like terrible she fleeced you she fleeced me oh that's yeah Man. that's on you i'm it was sorry dawson mercer oh max i know i love dawson mercer but he was doing nothing not, not as much as shane does pick him. yeah she was obviously gonna pick him back up yeah but yeah our fantasy league if people care there's like 16 of us and Nobody i does. think nine of us are tied for six right now <laughs> <laughs> everyone's just four Medi- and five. extreme mediocrity <laughs> You guys want to and collude? Turn our, the podcast off. Do you want to collude? I think we should. Okay. Yeah. I no, I, I said to Sean, I actually said to Sean one day, because I was already winning. I was like, do you want me to give you Radko Gudis for like a few days? And you could send him back. <laughs> <laughs> he like needed a D for the weekend. I was like, I'm good, Junior. He's on the bench. So I don't know, Max, let me know. We can Rock send Messer's people back. carrying me right now. Yeah. It's a keeper okay. league. That's the only thing is it's uh, it is a keeper league, so. Yeah, and I I'm took toast because Kyle Connor's hurt for six to eight weeks. So yeah, well then you just trade me your good players. That'll be all. Awesome. Need MVP Pedersen to come back, baby. Yeah, but there we go. That was our top ten list, and that was a little corner, most fantasy hockey corner. Just to recap, we have number one Connor McDavid, number two Nathan McKinnon, number three Austin Matthews, number four Sasha Barkov, number five Jack Hughes, 
Number six, Sidney Crosby. Number seven, Leon Dreisaitl. Number eight, Elias Pettersson. Number nine, Jack Eichel. And 10, Braden Point. Tim Stutzla just missed the cut. And yeah, we gave a shout out to JT Miller. Aho missed the cut. He sure missed the cut. No Bedard, no Reinhardt. No Tage Thompson. Et cetera, et cetera. I do think we should... Uh, Anze Kopitar is not on this list, as we mentioned, but we got to give that man some respect. I know. I Always. Know. Always. He's, he's, he's amazing. He's, re- he's respected. He's an ageless wonder. He's not respected. You don't, you don't I respect personally, Andrei yes, Kopitar I personally don't respect The way that you should. Anze Kopitar. He has not lost a step, says producer Jeff. And he hasn't. Anyways, that's the end of the show. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Let us know in the comments uh, if you thought this was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> because I kind of like doing <laughs> deep dives. Uh, feel so free we'll to call us the worst day show. Well, yeah, yeah, it's the worst day show. <laughs> the worst day dumbasses um, are at it yeah, again. Yeah. Back again. Um, but I think having uh, deep dives is kind of fun and different. Uh, let us know in the comments if you like that format, if there's any deep dives that you want us to dive deep on and answer the question from Max. Would you trade? What was the question? Would you trade? What was the question? <laughs> Rest of season. If both were pending UFAs, Barkov for dry settle. I'd love that. That was the one. Let us know. Would you do that? Answer the question in the comments. <laughs> we're waiting. Hello. Uh, And just want to remind everyone, you can subscribe to the Athletic NHL's YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at. There's two symbols there. The Athletic Hockey Show, uh, our wonderful... (laughs) I tried to say something nice about Danielle and my... I just froze up. I couldn't do it. Our wonderful producer, Danielle... Uh, works hard to put up good uh, shorts and clips on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe and watch what she puts out there. Um, the Athletic Hockey Show returns Friday with the Prospect Series with Max Boltman again, Corey Promen, Scott Wheeler, and Chris Peters again. I don't know if we have everyone on this week. We're, we're well, at USA Camp. We'll have some combination of those guys, though, for sure. <laughs> Holy heck. CP, he's back. Okay, I think apparently they're coming. all on. This is news to Max, so I bet it's going to be a great show. Uh, I love it. Thanks, everyone, for listening this week, and uh, we'll be back next week. I guess it's our last episode before Christmas. American Christmas. It's Canadian Christmas was today, actually. <laughs> there we go. Merry Christmas. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>